down to Christmas for the children, but it also means that the end of the year is near. The end of the year will soon be over. Where did the time go? Time is moving at such a rapid pace that it is sometimes hard to keep up. Perhaps you've heard the saying, time stands still for no one. How true that is. Time stands still for no one, including the time of the return of our beloved Messiah. As mentioned each week in the time of devotion and meditation or in a sermon, you've heard that Advent is a time of contemplation. It's a time for us to sit with intentionality to ponder the return of Christ. We sit with thoughts and questions of his return. Though we do not know when he will arrive, we want to be ready when it's time. So as we discuss time, I just want to introduce two words to you, kairos and chronos. Kairos is a Greek word that is translated into English as an appointed time. What we know about the birth of Jesus is that his birth, death, and resurrection were for an appointed time. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we are told that there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Every activity under the heavens includes birth and death, weeping and laughing, mourning and dancing, searching and giving up, keeping and throwing away, tearing and mending, silence and speaking, loving and hating, war and peace. And you can find that in, verse, in chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. But in verses 11 and 12 of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he also, it also says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know, that, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. Cairo's time is an opportune time. When we study the list of activities that occur under the heavens, where are we seeing God's favor in those? Verses 1 through 8 is poetic. You can see the activities that are lifted up or the ones that are exalted versus the activities that sound oppressive. Even in the oppressive activities are opportune times to see God's favor in our lives. And how can we see a favor or how do we see favor in a time to die? How can we see favor in a time to tear down? How can we see favor in a time to weep? Each of these are Kairos moments that provide an opportunity for us to draw closer to God. And I'd like to share a story with you. During the month of December, many people choose to read the book of Luke for the month of December to prepare for Christmas. They read a chapter a day. The chapter typically corresponds to the day of the month. So, for instance, on December 1st, they started with chapter 1. Today, they would read chapter 24. So I spoke with a woman who told me that it made her feel better to have read each chapter. She felt a sense of awe and renewed spirituality. We also spoke about the loss of her child who was killed in a motor vehicle accident almost 20 years ago. She mentioned that though she suffered the loss of her son and experienced each stage of the grieving process, from time to time she remembers his laugh. He was such a young child. He was a teenager when he passed away, but she remembers um, those things about him that brought him joy and that brings her joy. So as she talked about her experience in reading a chapter of Luke a day, she had a revelation. And the revelation was, if Mary, who knew she was going to give birth to the Messiah, could go through what women experience with pregnancy, labor, and delivery, raising a child, and then raising a the child knowing that he has a special assignment which will result in death, 
She said her thought was that if Mary, who was a plain, ordinary young woman, could sacrifice her son, then so, should, so could she. She said that though she had counseling and had been involved in grief groups and other small groups to help her, to help her find a new normal and to deal with her loss, um, and this was about two, three weeks ago when we talked, she says that she just now had this revelation, and she realizes that she can use that information, that story, this revelation, to help other people. And she felt like if God can use Mary, he could use her too, just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. While Advent is not about the loss of a child, but about, or, but about anticipating the arrival of the Christ child, we're reminded of two things. God can and will use ordinary people for extraordinary things, and that it is not our timing, but all in his timing. So as we further the conversation about Cairo's time in relation to the birth of Christ, we are enlightened to know that Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, also had an experience in Cairo's time. As a result of his unbelief in the angel regarding the news of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel shut Zechariah's mouth until the day the child was born. Cairo's time, an appointed time. The appointed time for Zechariah was the moment when John the Baptist was born. Cairo's time is a chosen time, an appointed opportune time, and we are a chosen people and appointed people. God uses ordinary people for extraordinary things. As we reflect on this week's theme of love, we are reminded of God's love for us. We find God's love um, when he foretells of the Savior that will redeem us from our sins. We read in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but, sh shall, not perish, but shall have everlasting life. But when we read in verse 17, we'll see that God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Today's text contains opportunities that demonstrate God's love for us. God's love for us results in favor. We are not necessarily looking for the word favor to jump out at us when we read this passage, yet because we know of his love for us, we can infer favor. The title of today's message is His Faithfulness, Our Favor. There are times when we find ourselves engrossed in the everyday busyness of our lives that we sometimes overlook God's favor. As I look out into the sanctuary, everybody looks good, looks healthy, looks like you had a good meal last night. Looking forward to a good meal today and tomorrow. I see family members here. Small things that we take for granted that other people will not have the opportunity to experience. This is what we call favor. This is what we call grace. And as I spoke with the lady who told me about the loss of her son, she said it's been 20 years. And she still feels like she experiences these emotions that she won't have him there with her this Christmas. But she has other children. We still have one another. And as we heard er earlier in the meditation, we are called to love one another. I heard it in the song. We're here to love one another as God has loved us. We're here to love one another as we love ourselves. This is a time for us to stop, take a moment, and recognize the favor in our lives. And these small things that we take for granted, getting up, coming to a house of worship where we can see one another, be with one another, Everyone doesn't have that opportunity. In today's reading, we find Etham. Um, and Ezraite authoring this particular psalm has been titled as a psalm of contemplation. It begins in verses 1 through 4 with a word of adoration and praise. The first line says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. 
With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you've established your faithfulness in heaven itself. Like Ethan contemplated the words he wrote here, we also contemplate the Lord's great love for us. Who are we that he is mindful of us? Why does he love us so much? Considering we have not yet reached a place of total submission and total surrender. Yet he loves us anyhow, and we call this grace, and we call it favor. Let's take a moment just to ponder what makes us so great that God loves us. What have we done individually to prove worthy of his grace and his blessings? Ethan said that he will make it known with his mouth throughout the generations of God's faithfulness. Faithful in the Greek language is pistos, translated to English as being trustworthy. God's faithfulness is translated as trust. Promises kept. How many times have we come across someone that makes a promise that they do not keep? That's not the case with God. We find many examples of his trustworthiness throughout scripture. We can start with Abraham and the promise that all nations will come through him, which meant that a man who didn't have children had to have one. God gave him Isaac. Along that same bloodline came Jacob, eventually leading up to the birth of the Messiah, the very birth that the Advent season is about. The Advent reading skips ahead to verse 19. 19 through 25, we find Ethan reminding God of a vision that he declared and spoke of a warrior who received, who received strength from God. And in this pericope, God speaks of one that he has chosen and anointing him with holy oil. He will give him strength. God also says that he will take care of his foes and that the enemy shall not attack him. Yet it will be God's faithfulness and mercy that he will be his servant. And as God spoke about the servant David and the favor bestowed upon him as a warrior, I was encouraged by this message. I saw God's love for his servant David that he provided him with what he needed to withstand the folly of his foe. I saw God as a father and the lover of our souls who wants the best for us and wants us to be safe and, will, and wants us to be well, mind, body, and soul. God loves for us began way before we were even born, just like a great parent. He saw, that, he saw what we would need and what we wanted, and he wanted to protect us. Therefore, we are recipients of his favor. We've been given the indescribable gift, Jesus. It's through the faithfulness of both God and Jesus that we experience favor and grace. God's son, Jesus, not his son, Tony, his son, Jesus, not his daughter, Lisa, his son, Jesus, was chosen to be the one to sacrifice his life so that Tony and Lisa, you and myself, would have a Kairos moment and be able to ask for forgiveness and repent. And if we recall prior to the Messiah, the acts for repentance included cattle sacrifice. But now we have our big brother Jesus, who's gone before us and made the ultimate sacrifice. That's love. Love is when Jesus will lay down his life for a friend. Friends, are we willing to reciprocate that kind of love? The kind of love, that, the kind of love that says, yes, Jesus, I'll die for you. I'll be persecuted for you. The kind of love that says, I'm willing to surrender all. I don't doubt that there are people in this room who have said, I love God with all my might and all my soul. 
I do not doubt that there are people in this room who are like Ethan and declare the praises of God with their mouth when they encounter others. But what about the rest of us? How do we get to that place of identifying God's faithfulness, seeing the favor and unapologetically declaring and sharing God's love? This does not mean that we're going to be standing on a corner with a sign and a bullhorn that says Jesus, or, Jesus is real. Yet our actions will speak louder than our words. Our actions will show others that we are Christians by our love. The title for this could have been A Cairo's Time Love, An Opportune Time to Love. The season of Advent is an opportune time to show our love for God, for Jesus, for one another. We're expected to love one another just as God loves us, just as we love ourselves. As we reflect and contemplate during this time, we've reached the last week of Advent, and today we light the last candle for love. Over the past week or so, I've been thinking about Bethlehem. So that song, Little Town of Bethlehem, was so appropriate for me today. Um, I've been thinking about the birthplace of the one that we will celebrate tomorrow. Bethlehem has decided not to engage in Christmas activities while the Israeli-Palestinian war continues as an opportunity for solidarity with the people of Gaza. Many people have familial ties, whether they're Muslim or Palestinian Christians. Violence has increased in the West Bank since the war began. Naturally, while families have been torn apart, lives have been lost, homes and cities have been destroyed, people don't want to even think about Christmas. And while not celebrating Christmas will not end the war, fervent prayer to cease fire is the stance we should be taking. Let us not miss this Cairo's moment. Many of us will be with family and or friends over the next few days, and this is a moment we can share in together, a moment to seek God on behalf of our brothers and sisters who are suffering, who are victims of the war, praying for the souls of the casualties of the war. Unfortunately, as of December 20th, over 19,000 lives have been lost. I've seen articles about churches and religious leaders in Bethlehem creating and staging nativity scenes that depict Jesus being born amongst the rubble. What an impact that image must have. Even more reason to seize the opportunity to be an Ethan and tell of God's favor and his love for us and trust that he is amongst the rubble. He's there to heal, to comfort those that are mourning, to give wisdom to those in leadership, to give strength to the weak, to get into the hearts and minds of those that make the decisions to cease fire. Christmas is not about the activities that highlight the birth, but about what we know and believe about Jesus' purpose to fulfill the scriptures. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, God of hope, God of peace, God of joy, God of love. We seek your face, knowledge, wisdom, and peace. Our world is experiencing not just two wars in Russia and Ukraine, Israel and Palestine, but there are other wars that are not mentioned on the news daily that are occurring. Be with our brothers and sisters that have fallen victim to war. Even as public wars occur, some of us are experiencing inward battles. Open our eyes, hearts and minds that we, that we may receive you as our King, our Redeemer, our Savior. Savior. Cover us with a fresh anointing, just as the oil that you anointed your servant David. It is our desire to live in those Kairos moments of praise, 
adoration and thanksgiving unto you. We are grateful for the promise of your son Jesus and his obedience to fulfill the scriptures. Be with us as we go out into the world and witness before others by our actions that we are Christians. Strengthen us so that we may withstand opposition. Strengthen us so that we may stand tall and firm on your promises and your word. Be with our brothers and sisters that are less fortunate than we. Be a guiding light for them as you make provision for them. We thank you and ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen.